It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Friday, May 27th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is talking draft prospects with Chris Peters. Nothing I love more than talking prospects. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You'll keep up to date on all the Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email the show at lockdownflyers at gmail.com. On today's show, it's all NHL draft. Today, we've got not just the brilliant mind of Russ Cohen talking about draft prospects, but we've got special guest Chris Peters on the show, who is a draft and prospect analysis expert from Daily Faceoff. Very excited to bring you that today. Locked on Flyers is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And without further ado, here is our conversation with Chris Peters. We are so thrilled to welcome to Locked On Flyers, Chris Peters, who is a draft and prospect analyst from Daily Faceoff. Welcome, Chris. How you doing? Rachel, I'm doing all right. Thanks for having me. It's good to be with you and Russ today. And uh, yeah, it feels like the draft is way too close right now. I feel like it's, it's sneaking up on me suddenly after going through this the, the entire season. It always happens this time of year. But we have longer to do it, though. There's a longer runway now. That's true. But it's still, I would like more time. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So starting off, Chris, what is your take on this draft class? overall and do you think there's less consensus on it after covid and having sort of less opportunity to see some of these kids in person yeah you know i i I think this year was in a lot of ways better than last year just because there were more live viewings and there were fewer um there were fewer interruptions but there were still interruptions there were still times where you didn't see players and obviously we had the world juniors canceled and different things that didn't allow this to really feel like the the full season. So um, I do think that that's contributed in some ways. I think the fact that there was, you know, most OHL players did not play last season, including Shane Wright, who's, you know, the guy that could be number one. Um, we don't know how that really impacted their development. And if that, you know, whether or not that has a huge impact on um, kind of where they go and, and you know, how, how long a timeline they have for the NHL and, you know, we have to kind of take that into account when we're evaluating these players and, and especially guys that at the very top of this draft that might have missed significant time developmentally, developmentally. So, you know, I would say that the consensus for this draft is, is you know, all over the map. Uh, so there isn't much of a consensus in that way. Um, you know, I still think that Shane Wright would be on number one on most boards, um, but not necessarily all of them and certainly not every single team. Um, you know, I've talked to plenty of scouts in the last few weeks that feel like, uh, you know, a lot of the public lists are very different from what they have in terms of uh, top picks. And also um, a lot of the mock drafts they've seen, have, they've, you know, the, the thing that I'm continually told is that it's 
been really chalky in terms of like what's been the public throughout the entire season and their boards look a lot different. So um, I think there's bound to be surprises in the first round as a result. Um, and that could start all the way at number one. You really don't know at this point. Um, you know, we don't know who the, the Canadians have number one. And, and then really after that, you know, it, it's really a crapshoot in terms of who's going to go two, three, four, five. I mean, really, there's not a ton of uh, uh, a way to predict that right now. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the Canadians will take right. But beyond that, I get that, like, and that's why I do rankings, right? Because the mock is going to be, if you do a mock this year, it's going to be the hardest mock you've ever done in your life. Because I do think uh, things are all over the board because I've spoken to people too. And so I realize when I'm doing my rankings, I'm really on my own island. And that's fine because I don't expect to match every NHL board. I don't. But again, you know, that's just the way this this draft's going to be. I've kind of resigned myself for that. But I, I think, and you could tell me if you agree with this, I actually think that picking in the second spot for the future is the worst spot to pick because that's the spot that's going to get the most second guessing in this draft, I think. It could be. I think it's better. Um, huh. <laughs> I, th- I personally think it's – I think especially, especially – it matters who's picking second. The fact that the Devils are picking second, they have top two centers. The fact that they have a top tier defense prospect in um, in Luke Hughes, to me, suggests that they have more options with this number two pick than really anybody else um, because they could go Slavkovsky. That would mm. be the chalk pick, right? Mm-hmm. That right. They pick your eyes, Slavkovsky. They've got a, a top tier winger to go down the line. Um, or, and, you know, Tom Fitzgerald hasn't shied away from this, they could trade that pick. There's an opportunity to trade down, trade it for a, a roster player. If there's somebody out there that say, okay, well, Shane Wright goes number one, and they desperately want your Slavkovsky or Logan Cooley or one of the two defensemen, then all of a sudden you've got some real ammunition to make a significant trade there. Um, you know, so that's another option. So I think that for me personally, you're right. If whoever ends up with that pick in the end, there will be a lot of second guessing. Um, and I think, you know, we've seen it with the Flyers where Nolan Patrick, the, the second guessing, you know, that's a, that is a very different situation. I think that it's really important to remember, you know, the Nolan Patrick injury history situation is such a huge part of that narrative. It is. Um, we don't know what we, 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 if, if he stayed healthy, we don't know what he could have become. Right. Um, right. You know, but then you see, okay, well, then there's Miro Heiskanen, there's, there's Kale McCarr, there's Elias Pettersson. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow, we really missed out. But really, you know, we don't know. But, yeah, I think in some cases, Russ, you're absolutely correct. But I I think particularly for the Devils, this is an opportunity for them that I think they can really propel their franchise, whether it's picking um, Slavkovsky, who I would pick if I were them, um, or whether it's, uh, you know, grabbing one of the two defensemen. You know, Luke Hughes is a left shot. You get some right shot guys. Um, you know, you, you know, that's, that's something that, you know, gives them a lot of options there. So I think they're, they're in particularly sitting pretty. Yeah. I think for me, the devils are the biggest wild card going into this draft because it's going to be so difficult to predict what they'll do, Yeah, whether it's taking a pick, like you just said, that's 
kind of a slightly unexpected pick because you're right. They already have some prospect depths in other areas, but there are so many needs on that team. And I can absolutely see them trading down to get a goaltender to get, you know, some other veteran support. And, and get, I'll, like, I'll muddy up the mix pick. too. I mean, they, they could take Cooley and make he a, a winger someday. I mean, that's the, he could play on the wing. Like they could do that too. Or Cooley a winger. Or yeah, Cooley I mean, a winger. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the interesting thing is that, you know, when you have such a dynamic talent like that, you know, I, I personally think that Cooley's biggest value is as a I think he is a center, even though he's not a big guy. Me too. I he does too many things too well to, to, to not to not have him there. But but yeah, but it's like that's the other thing. Now here's here's the other thing, Russ, just to throw and I know this is your podcast and I'm taking it over for one second. But okay, this is, do it. This is a what happens. I, I was having a conversation with a scout at the at the Clark Cup final the other day, and he said, what happens if Montreal doesn't take Shane Wright? Where does he go? Because it's probably not New Jersey. No, Maybe then I think New Arizona. Jersey would make a trade then. That's when yeah. I think you know. New Jersey makes a trade. See, yeah, that's the thing. I think there could be some movement on draft day. Only if that happened, and I don't know if that'll happen, but if that were to happen, then I think you would see a team saying, all right, we either want Wright or Slikovsky and we're willing to pay for it. I think that's the only, that's a crazy scenario, but it could happen. And that's what's so interesting to me because I really think that Slavkovsky is this shiny object that people are not going to be able to stay away from. You, you're probably right. I mean, that's the thing is that how often do you see, you know, I, I think everybody would love to have Andrei Svechnikov, you know, like mm-hmm. you, you look at that and you say, well, what a great number two pick that turned out to be. Um, and you've got a guy that's a little bit bigger that, you know, has played against, played against professionals more in his draft season, um, has had success on the international stage, um, much like Svechnikov did in, in, in lesser tournaments. But still, it's like, you know, if you can have a top tier winger, you know, Taylor Hall worked out for, for being a top tier winger. You know, other guys haven't, mm-hmm. but having that there, I think there's, there is, he's big, he's skilled. And he's obviously, you know, scoring at a high clip at this world championship, which is his last impression on the scout. So there is, he is a fascinating prospect. He is a fascinating prospect. There is some recency bias. Um, He doesn't play defense. He's going to have to learn how to do that. But he is a heck of an offensive talent, no doubt. All right, we'll have more with Chris coming up next. But first, uh, I want to take a moment to talk about Athletic Greens. I started using Athletic Greens because I wanted better gut health, more energy, optimized immune system and hated taking pills and vitamins. I wanted to I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, all the things. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Athletic Greens contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. Athletic Greens supports better sleep quality and recovery. It also supports mental clarity and alertness. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you free a one-year supply, immune-supporting vitamin D, and five free travel packs with your first purchase. 
All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. It's nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from all our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And here is more with Chris Peters. So I think the other question for me with all of this and the unknown, the Flyers picking at five is so difficult to predict, I think, just because there is no way to know what's going to happen in the two to four slot here for sure. And there's going to be so many options, I think, on the table for the Flyers. And there's schools of thought where you just go best available or should they be picking a defenseman? Like, is this a draft where they could low key get a really good defenseman that's going to be a backbone of their decor. Yeah, that is that is a tough one to answer because I think really there are so many options available to them as you mentioned and I think that one of the two defensemen is going to be there. Um, you know, I I don't necessarily like I like I like Nemec a lot, I like Yurichek a lot. I think they both have bring a lot to the table. I think it's an easier call if it's Yurichek cuz you get some size, you get some offensive ability there. Right. Um, you know, when you're looking at a Nemec, you're, you're like, oh, you know, we've already got, you know, guys like Cam York. I mean, is there an opportunity yeah. here for to grab an impact forward where it's a, a Cutter Goche or a, a Joachim Kamal? And you're at that point, you're looking at wings. I think you'd love to have a center. You'd hope maybe Logan Cooley drops far enough and you get him. Um, you know, and then all of a sudden you've got a center. You got some you got some depth down the middle. But to me, at this point. It is, you know, you take the best player available. I don't know who that's going to be relative to, you know, we say best player available, but every team has a different best player available. Right. You know, we, it's not like the NFL where, you know, they're going to pick, you know, the best tight end available. It's just not, that's not how it's usually going to work. So they're going to have their board structured in a way that there's like, well, how do, how do we address our team needs while also not leaving too much value on the table? Um, That's typically how teams do it. They might wait defensemen differently they might weight a forward differently than they do so you know there's a lot of options available to them here's the funny thing based on the scenario you gave and because i'm more of a year check guy than nemich if 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 nem if if he's there if nemich is there your check's gone um if matthew savoy is there i'm walking up there and i'm taking matthew savoy because i think he has the most amount of talent now will it all translate i think most of it will He's not going to be a center. He'll be a winger. But this guy, his brain, his right. ability to do things on the ice, but is also his ability to get better every day is kind of off the charts. But because he's five foot nine, he is going to take a little tumble here where if he were six foot, he wouldn't be taking a tumble at all. Right. And that's that's the other thing. It's like the one of the biggest questions I have is who is going to go higher? Is it going to be Connor Geeky or Matthew Savoy? I think and, it should be and, Savoy, but Geeky 6'4". So this will be the litmus test, won't it? Yeah. Well, I was just going to say that's the huge question for me because I think that I've seen as some of various prospect experts put their rankings out and different lists out, Savoy has dropped a little bit in their estimation, I think, from the last time I was looking at lists. And I, I just don't understand that based on the fact that he didn't drop his level of play no. overall. 
and that people are starting to have those size doubts creeping into them and maybe dropping him down a little bit in the rankings. And I don't understand that because we have clear evidence that it's possible for smaller guys to be successful. Right. And I'll tell you why he's dropped. It's not because of him. It's because of everybody else. That's the issue. I think really the thing is, is that there have been enough players. Like I also would have Savoy ahead of Geeky uh, Rush, but it's yeah. like I know how NHL teams work. And no, me too. You know, there's there's a size thing. But, yeah, but but I would say that, you know, guys like Kamel, uh, Goche, um, you know, Frank Nazar, those are players that I think have shown in various settings NHL skill sets that are of a higher variety because Savoy is very smart. He's very skilled. He's got, you know, good enough speed. He's not an amazing skater for his size. Like that is one thing where it's like where Frank Nazar is an incredible skater he is. at the at almost the same size. I think there's a belief that Nazar could play center, whereas Savoy, there is less of a belief that he would be a center. Um, so players like that have kind of established themselves in such a way where, you know, everybody had a lot of respect for, for Savoy. I mean, I, I've been watching him. I thought he should have gotten exceptional status. The WHL was proven right in not giving it to him uh, because of the, you know, he just was not physically ready for that level of play at 15 right. years old. And then, you know, he has a great season this year. So he's a fascinating prospect. I personally don't see him as, a, as an organizational fit for the Flyers. It doesn't seem like the type of player they would normally draft. It doesn't seem like the type of player like Brent Flaher, uh, uh, you know, teams have, have, have picked. Um, but at the same time, you know, when you're looking at the rest of the board and you say, oh, well, are both defensemen gone? Are, are, you know, are there, is there anything else we can do? And do we believe he can be a center? If you can believe he can be a center, then I think that's, that makes sense. But I, I would, I would be shocked if, if the Flyers were one of the teams that viewed him as a long-term center. Well, I'm going to add one more thing into the mix here because since I did speak to Cutter Gauthier and knowing that he has played some center and he has been on a regular basis every once in a while, they throw him in there at center when they need to. If you could tell me, Chris Peters, that Cutter Gauthier is going to play center like Pierre-Luc Dubois did, then I think it's, if I'm the Flyers, then he's instantly in that conversation. If he's a winger, then I'm not sure he's in the conversation at that early. Yeah, if you want to know why he raised up the charts so much this season, it's because of the likely the, the belief that he could be a center. Right. Um, I know that NHL teams feel like he can be. And after what, you know, the difference is, okay, well, he played with Logan Cooley and Frank Nazar, and those guys are elite centers, um, you know, and you want to have Cutter Goche in your top six, you know, you, you have him there. But the thing is, is that Goche – you give him that runway. You give him that opportunity. I would be stunned if he doesn't play center at uh, at least if, if BC tries to play him at center in college because yeah. they, they tried to do that with Matt Boldy. It didn't work. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think that that is he, – he has a few tools. Even though Boldy was a better defender, um, he was better defensively from the wing position. He just he just knew how to be a defender at the wing. Um, Goche is so sure-handed with the puck. I have a lot of faith in him in terms of his competitiveness. Um, his drive and his speed and, and everything else, like he he does more than enough for me to say, hey, maybe he could be a center. And at his size and at his strength, um, with that scoring ability, then you've got a player that I, that is really intriguing. And that's actually in one of the mock drafts I did. I mocked Cutter Goche to the Flyers. He feels like a Flyer to me um, in a lot of ways. Uh, 
he, you know, if he, and if he can be a center, then all of a sudden you say, oh, wow, that is, that is the guy that, you know, and, and even if he doesn't, he's going to be a high-end wing. He'll be you know, a high-end so wing like, for I, sure with that shot. Top six winger with, yeah. With, yeah, 30 goal scorer. Like, I mean, he's got, he's got so much, so much potential. Yeah. And I guess that's my biggest question because it's hard, you know, as somebody just looking at the prospects overall and who I would want on the Flyers is very different than what the Flyers tend to do in these drafts. So is there anybody else that you can say, oh, this is a Flyers kind of pick? You know, I I think it changes with the different um, I, I look more in towards the, the, the history of, you know, Chuck Fletcher and the teams that he has had, um, you know, the, when he was with the wild, they so rarely had top picks, um, you know, so it's, it's hard to judge exactly what they would do with this particular one. Um, so I think in this draft class, you know, there aren't, for whatever reason, I just feel like Goche makes so much sense to me in that, in that range, just based on the way that he has trended. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, I think you, you look at it and you say, well, everybody needs a top six winger. Everybody needs, you know, a top four defenseman. And, you know, I think you're a check. If, if we're looking at the two defensemen, you're a check, you know, to, looks more like a flyer to me than Nemich does. Um, you know, right. I think he's got that, that edge. He also has that bomb of a shot. There's yep. so many things about his game. He's like a destroyer sometimes. He's going to be fascinated by, including the physical. He is, he can be. Yeah. So so, yeah, so I, I would say that, you know, that's probably another guy. And then beyond that, you know, the, the rest of the guys would be lower in the draft in the draft ranking. Guys that you wouldn't want to pick that high, um, I don't think. Like guys like Jimmy Snuggerud at, at USA and, um, you know, guys that have a little bit more edge but also have that offensive capability. Um, you know, so, yeah, so it's, it's, it's tough to say. But I, I would say based on their, you know, the history of the administration and certainly of the Flyers historically, you know, the one that just feels like a team fit to me is Goche. Well, here's one that I'll throw in the mix, Chris, because I think there's a chance he could be a center. But even if he can't, it's high-octane offense. I love Lekaramaki. I do. And if I have to consider him there, I would. And I know the under-18s isn't the only body of work I looked at. That was a hell of a body of work, though. Um, but he he does have some great um, ability. Yeah, I think he's a top – he's probably – you know, I haven't finished my rankings yet, but I mean, he's a top 10 for me all day. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that his, his goal scoring ability, the fact that he did it at the professional level, the fact that he took over games at the under 18s, um, you know, and this is a guy that was coming off of illness. He missed the last month of the season. He had mono, um, right? He's got good enough speed. He's got good enough. He had mono. Yeah. So he got, you know, enough speed. Um, you know, he's, he's one of the best shots in the draft. You know, you look at Kamel, him, Goche. Yep. Uh, Nazar, yeah. Cooley, you know, those guys can all shoot it. Um, I mean, Shane Wright can shoot it too. Uh, they all have great, you know, great releases. Um, Lakiramaki has some of the, the best. Um, and, the, you know, he, he, the thing that I love about him is he just understands how to play offensively. He just, he does. It, it's not just about scoring. He, at, at the U18s, he took what was given to him, but then he also was making plays and creating for his teammates. And, that was really eye-opening to me because I had always looked at him as more of a shooter. Um, and just to see him do that, that was, that was big for me. Um, you know, so that's a guy that I, I could definitely see um, being a, a pick there. I think he's, he, he fits the profile. He has dynamic abilities and yeah. So he's a guy that certainly could go higher than, you know, he's, he's been ranked in a lot of places. 
All right, we'll have our final section of our conversation with Chris Peters coming up next. But first, Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports development, including this year's basketball playoffs, Stanley Cup playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to the playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. One of the other things on my mind, and and you talked about it a little bit with the Devils and potentially trading down, is that this draft has a lot of really quality players. Flyers do not have a second round pick. And I think that could be something they're missing out on. And at five with so many quality players potentially available is trading down something that you would do to get a second round pick. That's a really good question because I think it would have to, I I wouldn't want to move down too far. Um, You know, but if I could recoup say you get a a second round or a first rounder uh, that's decently high, and two second rounders or something like that, you know, it's hard to get that kind of package. But I think in this particular draft, if there's a team there that, that really desperately wants something, then yes, I, I could see that being a scenario. I just think at this point, the player that you're going to get in that range without trading it away is going to probably become your best prospect, um, you know, and, and that's hard to pass up. If you can get two prospects, you're you know you you love that. But I don't love the the second round that like I I really after twenty, there's not a lot of players that get me really excited here. Not and I, honestly, there's not a lot of players after fifteen that get me super excited mm. about this particular draft. It depends on who you are. Like yeah, Russ. I mean, it's personal preference. Like, it I, is. I don't love this draft class. It's just you know I haven't you know and I I I haven't I haven't really. You know, I've I've watched these guys and they're just, you know, it's not that there aren't good players. There are absolutely good players, but it's like guys that get me excited mm-hmm. about, you know, the the class and about the possibilities. I, I feel like there were more last year. I feel like there were more the year before. I feel like, you know, really just in terms of the, the pure breadth of prospects and the type of players that I like, um, you know, I don't see as many. I mean, it's just such a weird year. We don't have many players from Ontario that are getting us, you know, out of our chairs. We don't mm-hmm. have many players from the Quebec League that are getting us out of our chairs. So you take two massive feeder leagues to the NHL and don't that don't have the type of players that you get really excited about. And it does it limits your, you know, your, your draft class? Like I'm excited about the Americans. The NTDP guys are obviously very strong mm-hmm. this year. It's a great European class. Um, it's just not as strong of a Canadian class as we're used to seeing. And I think that that has a major impact on how we feel about this draft and that, you know, hopefully next year, you know, I'm, I'm already looking forward to next year. I'm looking forward to getting this draft through because I think there's a lot of potential in the next class, but yeah, but I, I think, you know, where you're at, just to get back to the original question, I just think that the, the value that you're going to get out of the player in that position is probably going to be greater than anything that you're going to be able to get later on. Um, and that, but but it does, you know, if there if you get the right package, I think it's absolutely worth exploring. So here's the thing, Chris. If I could get, let's say I'm doing this with Arizona. So I'm getting, let's say I'm in the top 15, or even if it's another team that has a second that's like, you know, five, six, seven picks in. As long as I'm top 15, 
and I could get seven picks in on the seventh round on the second round, so I could get a guy like Adam Ingram, somebody like that. I'm probably doing the trade. Yeah, if you can, if you can get somebody, I, I think there are going to be some guys that that absolutely drop that are probably going to be super high on on their own list. Um, that happens every year. You feel like you got a first rounder in the second round. I mean, I I, I feel like I'm sure they felt that way about Bobby Brink. You know, yeah. in terms of you know what they were able to get when they when they did trade down in that scenario. Um, I still, you know, I still think that was a great haul for them um, to get what they got. And, um, you know, the different the different things that uh, they've been able to do over the years by trading down. I just think that when you're when you have a top, you know, top five, top six, top seven, anywhere in that range, um, it becomes a lot more difficult and you really have a lot of leverage. But, yeah, but I think, you know, you look at Arizona and the war chest of picks or Seattle with their war chest of picks. And it's like, you know maybe there's a deal to be made there. Yeah. Um, you, you just have to, you just have to wait and see, but I, I and mean, I'll give you like one more scenario. Wouldn't do it. You know, it'd have to be a first. Yeah, sure. Go for so, it. So let's say there were those, were those two seconds that you said, and I'm getting, and I feel like top 15 is pretty strong. So I'm not that worried about who I'm getting there. I've already revealed. I like Adam Ingram a lot as a guy in the second, I might take a home run swing with Zach Bookman. Now that I have a second, second, I'm probably going to yeah, do that. I mean, yeah, if you if you have multiple second round picks and there are guys that you are you want to take swings on, I mean that's the what that's when you do it, right? That's yep. and that's probably why if I were Arizona, I just keep them all. I <laughs> just use them all. I <laughs> use all the picks. Just use them all. Um, you know, uh, unless you can get a roster player or something like that. So that's the thing. I mean, and and I, I love the ability that multiple picks gives you to take a swing on players that you're passionate about or yeah. that that you could that you see a lot of upside in, but there are major flaws. Like, I mean, like, I think, you know, it's going to be interesting to see where guys like Brad Lambert go because yep. he's got immense tools, but a ton of flaws, just, a, just, yeah. you know, a, a laundry list of them. And, uh, and, and so Do you want my prediction but, but on, on Lambert? He's like, how can this, he looks like he should be. A, yes, I would. I'd love to hear that. I think Lambert is going to end up on the Islanders. I do with his uncle. I do think that's going to happen. <laughs> Don't put these things into the world, Russ. When do they pick? Um, I got to see when they pick. Hold on, I got to look it up. They're picking thirteen. I think he could be. There. I think so. I, I oh, he'll be there. I think he'll be there for sure. Yeah, I do think overall though, there's going to be a lot of surprises in this draft. Whether it's trades, whether it's unsuspected picks, and I think it's going to create a lot of movement as a result. So it should be a pretty exciting draft overall, no matter what. Yeah. I, I can't, I mean, I personally can't wait because I think that I, I completely agree that this is going to be a wild draft. I think yeah. we'll see a little bit more movement. Um, you know, it just depends on which teams are passionate about which players, but I I'm, I'm pumped for it. You know, I think it being in person again, uh, changes the dynamic again a little oh, yeah. bit too. So, um, I'm hoping for fireworks and chaos. That's that's when that's when drafts are the best. That is a great scenario for all of us, I think, on draft day. Chris, this has been absolutely phenomenal. Thank you so much for all of your insight and coming to talk to us about the draft. Oh, my my pleasure. Thanks for uh, indulging my my car. This is my version of the car cast here. So uh, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I mean, if you could sing, go ahead and sing <laughs> my, right my now. My planning skills are not as good, so. No, no, no. Thank you. Thank you for, for, for bearing with me. And also, uh, yeah, I appreciate it. It's a lot of fun to talk to you guys. I think it's a really exciting uh, draft for the Flyers in particular. And man, cannot wait to see 
what happens. So thanks for having me. And I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, where can people find you out there? Oh uh, yeah, you'll you'll get my draft rankings at dailyfaceoff.com. I also have my Substack, uh, Hockey Sense, uh, Hockey which will have a lot more uh, draft stuff as well. Um, and then at Chris M Peters on Twitter is uh, I'll be I'll be following along the draft live and uh, and yeah, probably tweeting out a lot of thoughts uh, as things happen. Excellent. Thanks again, Chris. All right. Once again, thanks to Chris Peters. What an amazing conversation. That was always so much fun. fun. Always thought provoking. Yeah. I'm very curious how this draft is going to play out because like we just talked about pretty much anything could happen. A lot of so. scenarios, man. There are. Yeah. All right. Wrapping up with our gritty thing of the week. They're continuing to reuse some content and repackaging it a little bit, but there's some. It's like gritty's greatest hits. It really it is. is. It is true, but there is some good stuff as well. I think, you know, of course, gritty likes to get naked. And so uh, there was a post on Twitter of naked gritty uh, with an oops caption uh, as if he had sent a nude to the wrong person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever. Move on. And then there are some more of the reused content with the other mascots where they were jumping off a trampoline and trying to hit specific uh, boxes on the landing mat, which is you know pretty impressive. It's impressive. To do That's tricky. Inside a costume, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. It's tricky without the costume. Let's be real. Yeah. And then there are a couple of TikToks. Uh, one is certified forklift operator, which again is part of what. Uh, Gritty was doing with some of the other mascots and you know no way Gritty just, has a license for that no. no way no way OSHA should be looking out for that and my favorite one though was the why can we eat salad but not grass but we do <laughs> eat is, grass people eat wheat grass no, but this is especially cute because it's in response to a commencement speech that Taylor Swift gave at NYU oh god so it's a bit. It's uh, it's very cute, and um, there's been a lot of content. Did they give Taylor Swift the... an honorary degree because she didn't go to NYU. They did. They yeah. did. But there's been a lot of good content related to that mm. speech, and of course, Gritty had to get in on it. Of course. All right, that'll do it for today's show. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back again on Monday. We'll have more draft coverage coming up next week. The latest on the coaching search. Any free agent news. Plus, on Monday, we'll have our Nemesis of the Week, which is always a good time. As a reminder, we want to hear from you. So send in your mailbag questions via Twitter at LockdownFlyers, or you can email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. From first-round matchups to each Stanley Cup final victory, Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. You can hear me on today's show. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great weekend, everyone.